Hello everybody, this is Nikki from It's Going To Be Okay, and today um, we have a special guest, um, but before I bring her on, I just want to remind everybody to, if you're listening on the podcast, to go out to iTunes to rate and review the podcast or the episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please comment, like, and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, you can um, subscribe to my newsletter. It's free and it comes out twice a month. And I just give updates on what I'm doing and how and tips on how you can improve your everyday life when living with depression and anxiety. So, um, but our guest today is Charity Panzini. I hope I, Parazini, or Parazin. <laughs> I will have her correct me when she gets on here. <laughs> but she is, <laughs> let me get my notes out here. <laughs> oh boy, my mouth is going all over the place. She is of the Strong Christian Female Podcast, and today we are going to be talking about um, human trafficking and the sexual group important topics for me, and and. Um, and I'm so glad that we got to meet Kristen. So we've got her on today. And, and without further ado, I will um, bring her on in just Hello and welcome to the podcast, Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. My name is Nikki and I am a life coach and mental health advocate for moms. My mission is to help moms move forward with confidence as they overcome the hurdles of mental health struggles. I have personally experienced the challenges the challenges of depression and anxiety, and I know how hard it can be to feel like you're just surviving day to day, but with the right tools and guidance, it's possible to not just survive, but to thrive. As a coach, I provide support, encouragement, and practical skills to help moms build resilience and regain control over their lives. Through my work, I have seen firsthand the transformation that can occur when moms are empowered to take charge of their mental health and well-being. So if you're a mom who's feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or just not yourself, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. I'm here to help you navigate these challenges and move towards a life where you feel confident, fulfilled, and thriving. Let's connect and get started. Hi, everybody. So Hi, I charity. <laughs> so everyone should know up front that Nikki and I have made it obvious to each other. We're on a like a four second delay. So if you're listening, I'd like to let people know when that happens. We're not crazy. We're, we can, we're just pausing a little to hear yes. each other. So, so stick with yeah. us. You're going to love what, what's going to be talked about today, but, but don't, 
Don't give up on us because of the slight delay as we talk back and forth. <laughs> um, I first of all, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. I'm a mom yes, myself. I, there is a delay here, and we're yeah. You said three sons, right? Yes. I think we're both afraid to say anything <laughs> because we're going to interrupt the other person <laughs> well at least we're both polite so that's good and and, and your passion mm -hmm. as a side project did you hear did you hear my question i did not i'm sorry i if you repeat it i will answer it and then we'll be on our way okay yeah, there. I think there's a glitch on both ends. I'm going to ask my son to check to check everything. But I ask, I want you to this how to correctly pronounce your name, and tell us how you got involved with American Unchained because I know it started out as a a side project for you. It did. So excellent question. First, my name is. Um, Parenzin, but I changed it to Parenzini. I added the eye back on when I started as a professional actor and producer. Um, oh, geez. I'm, I'm like literally trying to think of my age. I'm like, how long ago was that? It was quite a long time ago, about 23 years ago when I changed it, added the eye because no one could say Parenzin. And it used to be Parenzini. I got married and uh, they had changed it during World War II. And I said, hey, friends, let's change it back. And Nobody wanted to, but nobody could say my name. And uh, a casting director advised me to make it easy to say. So I did. I added the I back on. So I, I use both names. Paranzini is really my professional name. It's what I've always used. So I, I keep it on there, even though it's confusing to folks who, who I'm new to them. But people who have known me for 25 years working, it, it, they know me as Paranzini. So I just stuck the I back on there. Um, you know, it's a conversation piece. My first name used to be the conversation piece. And now my last name is the conversation piece. But as far as the American <laughs> Unchained project, I, I, <laughs> it's true. People are like, your parents hippies? Like what's, what's going on with your name? I'm like, no, just Christians. Um, but it's always been one of those things that I, I never, <laughs> I never realized everyone else didn't have to explain their name. Um, but it, it, it actually has been an interesting uh, little uh, little kind of addition to my story because it does get people talking to me sometimes that might not otherwise talk to me. And that's been a blessing in a, in a roundabout way. As far as the project, the shortest answer I can give you is I wasn't looking for it. I was asked to help be a liaison between a group of professional producers in Los Angeles who wanted to do a fundraiser for human trafficking about nine and a half years ago, roughly. Uh, actually, it was almost 10. Mm -hmm. And an organization who was going to be sort of the benefactor of this fundraiser. The problem was, is they didn't understand mm -hmm. each other's worlds. And I had worked with nonprofit and I certainly worked on the production side of media and I understood it. So mm -hmm. I was this go-between and when they were discussing, I said, well, where's the money going to go? And the organization actually hadn't 
really had a solid plan. And I just advised them, you know, donors want to know exactly where money is going because sometimes when you do these big fundraisers, um, money can, yeah. if you don't pinpoint where the money's going, it can disappear and people don't want to give to something they don't have faith in. So I actually ended up coming up with ideas of where the money should go. Right. And one of the ideas was to educate frontliners who can actually physically rescue kids on the job. The short version is that fundraiser never came to fruition. And I thought I was weird and I moved on with my life. And my friend, however, saw how much time, effort and energy I had put into that for free. Um, and he just said, I would love to know on that list of things you came up with, what's the most logical or, you know, the thing that you feel would make the most impact. And I said, you know, educating these frontliners seems so straightforward because that's my background is media. And this was before everybody and their mother had an online class. Um, yeah. No one had an online class. And I said, well, you should just put it online, get it certified through the right organization. So they get credit, CME credit, continuing education. Mm -hmm. And you could do the teachers, the law enforcement and uh, medical professionals. And I said, but, you know, guess they're not going to do it. And I was literally like eating lunch with him. <laughs> and he said, you know, I actually think that's a great idea. It makes sense. <laughs> Uh, it's applicable. There's like, you know, then wow. ROI, so to speak on that, how many people you can, you can clearly see you're educating. He said, but it's going to be a hard sell because it's not dramatic enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was just very blunt with me. And he said, you're not grabbing the actual children. You're not yeah. running a safe house, which is what I, I knew that wasn't where my heart was. And he just said, uh, because so many people mm -hmm. do that love in a lovely, lovely way. And they should. Um, but he slid it. Right. He said, me and my wife really believe in you. We really think this is worth doing and we want to start you out. And he slid a, mm -hmm. a check across the table and my jaw dropped. I started crying and I had two thoughts. Number one, I was just shocked, shocked that they would oh. just give me money to start something that I knew would, would help. Mm -hmm. And number two, I was literally crying because I'm like, Right. I don't want to start a nonprofit organization. And I went home, like telling my husband, like <laughs> showing him the check with like horror in my face. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he was like, I guess you're supposed to do that thing that you thought was a really good idea. And I was like, oh, come yeah. on. I don't want to do this. So the short version is. You're not I supposed think, to agree with me. <laughs> no. You're supposed to give, say, give that check back. <laughs> Tell them no. You're going to give it to a charitable organization, whatever. And ironically, my right. name is Charity. So I was like, Lord, this is not cool. Like this, like if this is a cosmic joke on my life, like can we not, this isn't. But I really, in hindsight, realized having taken this journey for ten, almost 10 years now, that you learn yeah. so much about what mm -hmm. feeds the beast. And I, I'm just going to say this with a yeah. caveat. Be careful. Be careful what you learn. Even if it's true, even if it's mm -hmm. resourced and sourced, even if it's honest, even if you can track the sources and it's 100% reputable, it is dangerous to go down a dark road, mm -hmm. down a dark tunnel and learn, even if it's true, all these dark, horrible, horrible things. In fact, I know in my heart of hearts, God protected mm -hmm. me from learning too much because he showed me, you do what you're good at. You do what you're called to do, which is media. 
you ed you interview the experts you interview right. the people who have been called to do those things do mm -hmm. not try to do their job it will ha it started to literally haunt my dreams and i'm not exaggerating i had nightmares and so i say that to say oh. i've learned so much but it's also influenced how i parent it is influenced how I speak about things. It's influenced how I see girls who are, were the bad girls when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. It's influenced how I see the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. It has influenced how I see movies. And I'm just sitting here going, if you knew what I knew, you would turn that television off. You would shut down shopping at that, mm -hmm. supporting that fashion designer. You have no idea what you don't know. And, yeah. um, but it has empowered me to be a voice for kids to parents. I'm a parent and to right. say, guard your yeah. kids, protect your kids. And I need you to see what I'm seeing and why. I, I am just horrified just from what little I know at how fast they are taking our kids away from mm -hmm. us and, yeah. and kids that do not have anybody to advocate for them how they're mm -hmm. disappearing across, you know, the world. Um, so that's why I thought it was important, especially I did not know that the movie Sound of Freedom was going to come out. Yeah, I no neither idea. did I. We and booked this a while ago. We, yes. And I, that movie has just moved me. And so I, but I felt at a loss. It, I felt like the problem was so huge that I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so what can parents do to, to protect their kids or protect someone they know? Excellent question. So I'm going to say some things today. Some things are going to make you want to kick the cat and that's okay. Kick the, kick the couch, kick your tires. Fight me, fight me through the screen. I'm just presenting facts and research. So I want, I, I will answer your question and I want to, I want to give a mm. caveat. My job is to educate medical professionals, teachers, law enforcement officers, and now parents. You do not walk mm -hmm. into a medical environment with maybes we think possible could be, you walk in mm. with facts, data, research, you, you cite all of your sources. You have to prove the numbers mm -hmm. you give. So when I give numbers, they're provable numbers. I will say, in my opinion, many of those numbers are far lower than they really are because mm -hmm. people don't just walk up and report, hey, I'm a, I'm a sex criminal. Let me sign your little roster. Like they have to come in <laughs> honest, but by coming in honest, they're coming in low on some of these mm -hmm. numbers, but I only report what, what can be proven. I say that also to say, I don't scare people in the mythos. What is really happening is scary enough that I don't have to exaggerate it. I've, I've, I've heard people unintentionally exaggerate things. You, you don't need to. Um, and then people unfortunately beat them up over it and it's not fair, but I, I just want you to know any numbers I give. If anybody wants my source list, I'm happy to give it. I give it every time I lecture because I have to, I have to mm -hmm. give it or I'm not accepted as a lecturer. They have to be able to to found that. So I say that to say this. The first thing you can do to protect your children is get them off the Internet. If your children have 
any social media presence or any free access to the internet on their phone, on their tablet, on their computer, it better be at your kitchen table. Buy them a cell phone that doesn't get internet mm -hmm. access. And here's why. One third of all websites on the internet as of four years ago, pre-COVID, had pornography on it. One third. Okay. That number has gone up of all the things on the internet. So just pause and think that through. One of the things people don't understand about human trafficking is human trafficking can happen in your child's bedroom. It, they can traffic your child through nudity, through sexual exploitation, through sexting, through sexual harassment, through all these things that maybe there's not, pardon my honesty, a physical sexual act done to them, but they are being sexualized, they are being exploited, they are being harmed, they are being traumatized. That can happen in your child's bedroom with a cell phone. People stalk children for a living because remember one third of all of the internet has pornography on it. It is a huge business. So people talk about how the human trafficking industry is a $35 billion a year industry with a B, billion. That is true, but let's also, but they usually are excluding child pornography. If your sweet honey boo boo has a cell phone and goes into their room and sits down, what you have just done for sweet honey boo boo is invite every creeper on earth into potential contact with your kid. Mm -hmm. Parents can easily protect their children. Yes, filters are important. Filter away, absolutely, mm -hmm. passcodes, passwords. You make sure your computer, every computer, your child mm -hmm. is number one looked at as a, something to sell by those that want to sell them however let's say you have done your due diligence and taught your kid you, a stranger a, a friend of a friend is a stranger we don't talk to strangers you are looking at their social media mm -hmm. you're making sure nobody's you know encroaching on them sidebar 83 to 86 percent of all parents have no idea what their children do on social media they never check on them because they think they want privacy right. children do not deserve adult level privacy so check on your kids however yeah. let's say you have right. protected them from being exploited well, let's flip that on its mm -hmm. head if they can still access pornography and they can still be bred to be a consumer of pornography girls and boys then they've still won they've just won the other side of it if we can't sell your child mm -hmm. we'll sell mm -hmm. to your child and if your child is a consumer of pornography yeah. then they are contributing to the sex trafficking industry so we all need to just breathe a little bit and realize this sinister deviant thing that is happening to our children is either to be sexualized mm -hmm or to purchase sexualized or sex materials. In either case, your child is a victim of adults who do not care about your child and industry, the porn mm -hmm. industry, the human trafficking industry, the fashion and sexualization of children industry. These industries see no value in your child except a dollar sign. And once we get angry about that, we won't care that our children don't have a social media account. We will not care yeah. that little honey boo boo happened to miss the Instagram post, her best friend, blah, 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 because she spends an hour and a half. Now that's just level one mm -hmm. of why to keep them off the internet. Level two is 
the precursor to trafficking, which is the vulnerability of a child's development, developmental mind, and how they even get these kids mm -hmm. to be so vulnerable is to make them so desperate for love, so desperate for attention, so desperate for happiness, mm -hmm. because the culture has created a Petri dish that is designed to damage, distort, and cause problems in the developing mind with dopamine, serotonin, all these chemicals that are right. responding to gaming online, social media, the actual just screens yeah. themselves, any sort of apps. Mm -hmm. These kids are swinging chemically in their brain from side to side. They're being slammed into one side of, the, of a high and slammed into the other side of a low. And it's changing the shape of their brain. If you took a brain scan, you would see that kids that are addicted to screens, social media, any sort of addiction that's non-substantive, mm -hmm. doesn't just have to be substances, their brains have changed shape. There are literally divots in their brain. It is, it's not a myth. It's true. You can look it up. It's, it's hard to find those scans. I've seen them because a doctor showed them to me. It is hard to do that. You have to have kind of medical access. And I'm, and, and, and there's a reason yeah. why they're hiding it from you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry guys, they're hiding it from you. Yeah. So if you can't sell the right. child, you'll sell something to the child and it'll be just as damaging to them. Wow, that's a lot to take in. I I was hoping to get through a couple questions, but I don't even think I can get past that first one. <laughs> I, I so just I mean and my I have adult children, but I have two grandkids, you know, yep. and so I know that they worry about her want you know, wanting to get on the internet and, and watch her videos and things. So so if they don't get the kid one way, then they can get them to purchase the pornography, which funds everything else that they're doing. Yep. When they're taking kids off the street. And it's not just girls, it's boys too. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what the gender is. It does not. In fact, I have three sons. So, um, so what are some, I mean, yeah, I was just going to ask what, what would a conversation be like, you know, to a parent, you know, to a teenager or to a young, a preteen? I mean, what, what can they say? Well, I don't want you to do this. That's not going to work. You know, I mean, cause true. kids are smart. <laughs> And, and their kids and their friends all have it. And, and so let, excellent question. I'm going to answer that. I'm just going to take it back one step. What, mm -hmm. what was a little foreign to me, but I do understand it. So there's a, there's a proven school of thought. And I, and I want to caveat this. I've read so, so many books researching what I'm now teaching parents. Mm -hmm. It'll come out in late fall. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a series talking about a lot of what we're talking about today and how to help, how to help your kid. You want to be empowered. You don't want to feel hopeless. So there's the keep mm -hmm. them safeguarded online. And you, and, and I do a whole class, which I'm, I'll send you so that you can offer it to your listeners for free. 
of just, you know, mm-hmm. how you can put filters on and, and those sort of things without the kids having a vote. You just matter of fact, say, hey, we're going to put some um, things on. You're going to have to punch in a passcode, which means you have to have permission from mom and dad. The, the biggest thing mm-hmm. you have to remember about this generation, which is something I never suffered from, is, is there's a, ph- a philosophy, a proven medical philosophy of how you kind of see yourself and, and, your, and how you come mm-hmm. about yourself worth and your self-value. That's how you mm-hmm. see yourself, how you think others see you. And then sort of um, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a caveat there too is, is so how you think others see you, how you see yourself, and then, and then who you hope to be. So who you hope to be someday, mm-hmm. what you wish you were, what you wish, what you, what you plan on being when you're big, how you think others perceive you right now, which you know in adolescence is crazy, and then how you mm-hmm. see yourself in the moment. But now there's a fourth addition to that that is new, which is the avatar you've created online, the person and persona, the lifestyle, the, uh, you know, the pouty lips and the perfect skin and the, oh, look, I'm so amazing. I'm doing all these amazing things all the time. Look how amazing I am. The constant filler, you know, filtering Mm -hmm. of your pictures. Children have created a false person online that really isn't them. And Mm -hmm. girls suffer for this more than boys. But it's holds true with boys too. They they show like all these cool things they're doing all the time, you know, because mm-hmm. life is boring and you know nobody's taking pictures of look. I'm doing absolutely nothing, yeah. you know. It's always the cool stuff. But they have four parts to who they think they are. Yeah, no, I'm not sitting around like look. I'm doing chores. Super fun, you know. So they have these four parts of themselves, <laughs> and they and what they end up doing is if you go and you say hey, this part right here that lives on this situation, we're going to take that piece away. They literally feel like you're ripping a part of them from themselves. And I'm not being dramatic there. That's why you have kids freak out when you take the tablet, Mm -hmm. freak out when you take their cell phone away. Mm -hmm. They feel like you're dismembering a part of who Mm -hmm. they are. So I'm I'm going to answer your question, but I'm establishing the importance Mm -hmm. that people need to understand. We need to have these conversations gently and honestly, but this fourth piece is a mirage. The best thing a parent can do is realize Mm -hmm. we need to get rid of this. We need to get rid of this fourth piece in a healthy way. We need to replace it with art. We need to replace it with trips. We need to say, we're going to go on a big trip and we're not bringing our cell phones. Mom's bringing a flip phone that all I can do is text on it. And we're leaving, we're leaving the internet behind us. We're going to bring a real map mm-hmm. and we're going to go on a voyage and it's going to be an adventure and they may hate it, but it doesn't matter. You can yeah. sort of create this gap in technology. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back, you can say, things are going to be different. I love you so much. I want to protect you from Mm -hmm. anyone who would ever hurt you. And sweetheart, this is full of people who want to cause you harm. You do have some friends. We're going to get you a gab phone. There's also one, I think it's called Mm -hmm. pinwheel. You can text your friends. You can talk to your friends. You can invite them over. You can do parties. You can do games. You can do anything you want in person or through texting. Mm -hmm. But what we're not going to do anymore, and mom and dad are going to help set this example, is we are not going to stare at screens all day as if our life is actually lived in a box. Because the big argument in like cyber, um, I think they call it cyber 
oh, I don't, uh, an analysis, but, but there's a fancier word for it, is, is the internet a real place or not? Yeah. The kids think it's real. It's a real place with their real yeah. life, with their real everything. And we've got to pull them back into reality. But if there's a buffer, I mm -hmm. think that's a nice way of doing it. But I would say their phone should yeah. never have internet access. And no matter what internet they have, don't let them take it to their room. That's the number one thing. Don't let them take it to their room because that yeah. is just a, a formula for disaster. It causes horrible sleep habits to say the least. And it causes borderline depression, anxiety, yeah. insomnia. It causes often suicidality because they're online and again, that dopamine is being slammed this way and the serotonin is being slammed that way. And they're just, their brains are literally happy, happy, euphoric, very depressed. And it's just slamming our kids around because it's trying to balance itself out. So if the best thing we can do is take the internet away from them as an all access, whenever you feel like it situation. The second thing of course is filter, filter, filter. And the third thing is get in their business. You got to get in their business, guys. We need yeah. some really nosy grandmas again. <laughs> Only the grandmas need to be the moms. Like the moms need to become nosy grandmas yeah. because you don't yeah. know who's trying to contact your child. And you can explain to them, right. you know, I deserve privacy. I deserve this. And you can say, but the people trying to contact you don't deserve your, my, your privacy. Yeah. And mom is the gatekeeper. Dad is the gatekeeper. And we're going to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I really love that concept. I was also <laughs> going to recommend a book that I, I forgot to mention this book and I apologize. A fantastic book that you can read first. You can read it from a young age, but I would read it as a parent first, but even your teenagers should read it. It's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. It's a very straightforward, honest book about pornography without being gross or inappropriate. But it's a good thing to introduce to kid, any kid who, especially mm -hmm. if they have tablets and whatever, you sit and read through it with them. You read through it yourself. Decide how many pages you want to read. Or if you just hand it to your teenager, you've got to read it. It's a great conversation piece. Who cares if they're mortified? Pornography is looking for them. And it can cause them such harm. Um, and, just, just, and it can contribute to the sex industry. I mean, it just mm -hmm. does. Um, but just that was something I apologize. I wanted to tack that on. So it's good picture, bad picture. Yes. Good pictures, bad pictures. Okay. okay I will, uh, put that, uh, put that in the show notes so that they can go check that out. I, I'm assuming you can get it anywhere. I bought it on Amazon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's a concept that um, getting in your kids' business, you know, and I felt like I was in my boys' business all the time, but now as an adult, they're grown up, they tell me things that they got into, like some of the trouble they got into, and I was yeah. like, I was right here, you know, and some of the things that, there was things that happened I didn't even know about, you know, yeah. and I was on them all the time, Yeah, you know. Like they oh, didn't, yeah. um, not until they got in high school, they didn't have any gaming or TV in their bedroom. You know, yeah. I didn't have any yeah. of that. And I, I just, one thing I, it was, I thought it was ridiculous. We could all watch TV in the living room or they can yeah. take turns playing their game in the living room. So, 
Yeah. Now. But yeah. now it's kids can just they have everything they have their whole entertainment center set up in their bedrooms, you know. Yeah. And 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 there's entire books written about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking for a book here. If I've got it. No, I don't see it. There there are entire books written about the dangers of all access and and I, I, you know, online gaming is a, is a way a lot of perverts get to kids, even if they're playing Mario Kart, mm -hmm. it's very easy. You know, we, we got on there when, when our son was six and we were with him and we we're like, oh, let's play Mario Kart. And we were like, oh, this is kind of crazy. You can go online and play with other people. And mm -hmm. all of the names of the people going around the Mario Kart track were really perverted names, really perverted names. And this was a kid's game. And we were like, we're done. And he couldn't read. So he was fine. We're like, no, I don't know who these creepy mm -hmm. people are. And this was before I knew what I know now. Yeah. But yeah. um, but it is something to be cautious of yeah. and have every change your passcode every day if it takes that and make a list. Mm -hmm. I make a list for my kids before you can have any screens. You know, no matter what the screen is, I'm like, here's your list. You have to do art. You uh -huh. have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do read a book. You have to do that. And then when that's done, and you know, you you can yeah. let mom know and. And they'll say, mom, can I have, I'm like, did you do your list? They're like, oh no. And you know, they'll do it. They'll play the piano. They'll play <laughs> drums because they want yeah. the screens. Maybe the internet, I get it. People are like, you don't want to glorify it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, we're not glorifying it, but we're, we're distancing themselves from it. This is a privilege, not a right. You have to earn this. Mm -hmm. you know, this is not mm -hmm. a right of path. This is yeah. not just like something you, you get to do. You know, when you're 18, you can right. do what you want, but, you know, we have to be parents again. Right. We have to stop being their buddy. It's just not okay. Right. I I am thinking of an incident. My middle son and I. We're so alike. We but when he was a teenager, we butted heads a lot, and Ness was getting through to him. So I decided, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm taking everything away from you. I mean, literally, I took everything away. I took the door off his bedroom. I took the curtains off his window. I took the blankets and sheets off his bed. I took his clothes. He had one set of clothes to wear. And he did not get to eat dinner with the rest of us. He ate by himself. And his friends were like, why are you wearing the same outfit every day? He's like, well, my mom took all my stuff away, even my clothes. And they're like, well, that's weird. Why does she do that? Well, she says wearing different clothes is a privilege. Not it is. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah, but I could not get through to him. And he still remembers that to this day, you know, that I yeah. sent it to him. And the first morning he went, he went to get hair gel to put in his hair. I grabbed it out of his hand. I said, that's not a right. That's a privilege. Yeah. And when you start respecting the rules of the house, you'll get, you can earn your privileges back. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I, at that point I had, I did not know what to do with this kid. He was so smart and intelligent and mm -hmm. he was outsmarting me every, everywhere I went, everywhere I looked, <laughs> but he learned that lesson, you know, and, and we just talked about a few months ago when I went up to see him he talked he brought it he brings it up almost every time we get together about how a lot of the things that we have is a privilege it's not right 
you know we have to we earn these things that we get to enjoy and i feel like the internet is part of that social media is part of that you know yeah i don't even use social media for enjoy enjoyment anymore i use it just to promote my podcast yeah you know yeah and and we need to teach um, kids too that like even just the idea of the false facade that the internet offers us this this lie that we can be super super rich and super mm-hmm. super perfect looking and you know if it, it, it's sad to me mm-hmm. and these are children that aren't in my um you know direct line of influence um mm-hmm. but these girls mm-hmm. uh, someone's like you know my daughter she's 11 and her and her best friend were just so sweet and cute and they played with dolls and they had imagination and they would go out and they would do this and now her friend is totally different. She's wearing makeup. She's trying to lose weight. She's wearing really short skirts and really tight clothes. 11. And I said, mm-hmm. when was she handed her cell phone? Oh, well, what does that have anything to do with it? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm guessing about three months ago. And it's probably got TikTok and Instagram and this mm-hmm. and that. And they're like, yeah, that's about right. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, give her three more months. She's going to be suffering from probably depression so and this and that she's into care. like you know make a, a 11 years old and i said it is it is not it is not because she's going through puberty mm-hmm. often those girls haven't even started puberty they're an adolescent they haven't started yeah. so they're sexualizing themselves before yeah. they even know what mm-hmm. that natural instinct of being sexual is because they haven't even started puberty and and they're showing mm-hmm. the damage it, it causes children to be sexualized before they even want to kiss a boy and that mm-hmm. it's literally altering their mm-hmm. entire uh, sexual maturity, and it's it's a, it's it's heartbreaking and fascinating mm-hmm. all at the same time. But keep your children innocent as long as they can stay yeah. innocent. Delay, 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 because the world will sexualize your children. They will profiteer off your children. And if you don't want them to be a sexual being at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, keep them away from the internet. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen naturally. Like they're going to notice that's a boy. I like that boy. That's a girl. I like that girl. That's normal. But the internet is perverted. It is not normal. And these kids need to be kept innocent Mm -hmm. as long as they can and be brought into a natural, normal, even physiological, physiologically normal adolescence and puberty, you know, Mm -hmm. track because puberty is not a disease. It's, it's not a disease, yeah, yeah. but it is something we, we need right. to do in a healthy way. Well, so what can a parent do? I mean, are there like signs that they can detect if they're yes. just now coming in on this and are like, oh my God, I should have been doing this years ago and now I haven't. This is the first time I've heard this. You know, are there signs that they can, they can see this, you know, Oh my goodness, I need to stop this now. Yeah. Yes. So there's 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 many signs and again, I will send you the link to the class that covers some of these and there's downloads. But for example, they spend okay. lots of time online, especially at night. That's one mm-hmm. sign. Another one obvi- mm-hmm. would be an obvious sign which is you find in the history or on the computer or tablet itself pornography. Even mm-hmm. maybe a a text they've received from a friend that has a naked picture of a classmate. By the way, that is child porn 
get it off your phone and report it to the police. Um, your child mm -hmm. keeps receiving phone calls or texts from people you do not know. And they, by checking their phone, you can tell, or you can actually get an app to track their phone. You can see who's calling them and you don't recognize these people and they're calling people who are mm -hmm. strangers, right? Um, a big right. red flag of, of maybe grooming, especially with direct grooming, online grooming, or even in-person grooming, because that's not gone mm -hmm. yet, guys, like people who know you may be trying to groom your kid. Um, they start receiving gifts and packages yeah. from people you don't know, or even if you know them, it just seems, it's just starting to seem odd. They just want to have these special little dates yeah. with your kid, or they just always want to treat them. And that can feel really lovely at first. Like, oh, mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to make up a name here, yeah. everybody. Um, you know, Uncle Joe's, you know, neighbor who's just the sweetest guy, just always wants to take the kids out for ice cream. Yeah. But they start Filling out your one kid all the time and getting them stuff. Um, if your child is constantly turning the computer screen off when you walk into the room or constantly putting their phone down when you walk into the room, I mean, come on, you guys. That's like making out on the couch and dad walked in. Like, you know there's something up. And I mean, you know, it's not like it's not rocket science, but just pay attention to it. Or your child yeah, starts withdrawing right. from the family. They don't want to come to dinner. They don't want to have time with you. Yeah. I know of two families, mm -hmm. two, where their daughter, they were going on trips. One is an international trip. Their daughters don't want to go. Mm -hmm. They don't want to participate. They'd rather stay home on their phone. And that's allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. These parents are going internationally with the rest of their mm -hmm. family, and they're allowing their teenage daughter to stay home in a room on her phone, right? Or maybe maybe it's because she works a job, but she won't. she doesn't want to go. She's withdrawn. Um, they're withdrawing from the family mm -hmm. more and more and more. They always have a reason, even if they're in your house, they just don't want to be with you. you by the way, mm -hmm. put your foot down. They've got to come to dinner. If they're going to eat food ever in your house, yeah. it's on your terms. That's a privilege. Come on, friends. You don't have to bully them. Yeah. You don't have to make them talk. You don't have to harass them. What are you even doing? Like, right. don't corner your kids at the dinner table. That's not cool. But you just have to participate. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is even if they're not, I'm not hungry. That's fine. I tell my kids all the time, you do not have to eat if you're not hungry but you do have to come to the table and spend time with us. We love you and we would like to just be with you. And even mm -hmm. if they sit there scowling the whole time, right. it doesn't matter. They need to be around real human beings. Absolutely no screens. Um, another thing that would be a, a red flag mm -hmm. would be um, your child, now this is rare, but your child is starting to have mm -hmm. multiple accounts online or you know, they're using a, an account online that seems to not be their own, or it seems to be almost a facade. There are ways you can check mm -hmm. your child's social media. And if they have like their own account, you know, if their name's, you know, Johnny Smith and they have a Johnny Smith account, but all of a sudden they have like these other phantom accounts, that's sort of, that's just odd for a child shouldn't have phantom accounts. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. those are some signs to look yeah. for. That's a lot, Charity. It's, it's again, you guys, it's on that the class, it's a download. I, Don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll definitely share that in the show notes. So before uh, we close this, is there any last tips or something new that you haven't mentioned or that you feel like we should definitely um, think about or check out? Yes. I, I mean, again, in the class, 
you know, we'll talk about kind of the top four things, which is to, to first, like you said, talk to your child. That is the number one thing you need to do mm -hmm. and come at it with mm -hmm. humility, not accusatory. The problem I think that we yeah. think as parents is that is that children aren't ignorant. They are ignorant. You know, sometimes when they sass you, mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. Correct that. They can't be rude to you. That's unacceptable. <laughs> but but, you know, I mean, it's like, no, no, rudeness is not OK. But there are things they don't know. Yeah. But what they don't know can kill them. So right. we have to come with humility and grace and we have to talk to them and say, I mean, mm -hmm. I've even said this to one of my sons. I owe you an apology. I didn't, oh, I, sure. I have yeah. not been handling this well. So even if you come and you say, guys, we, we kind of owe you an apology. Dad and I have learned some things and we have given you freedoms. We should mm -hmm. not have given you. And we're going to fix mm -hmm. the mistake we made but you will be seeing some changes mm -hmm. and we want you to know it is because we love you. We love you so much. We're mm -hmm. willing for you to be angry at us. We're willing for you to throw a fit yeah. and be mad. And we love you that much. And I would just say that would be my main advice that I haven't mentioned is just be humble, be, be mm -hmm. gracious and be firm be very firm this is not a fortress these children can break no whining can shatter my castle's walls no amount of throwing yourself on the floor <laughs> shall make me give you the internet at at just whimsy you know nothing good happens on the internet right. in your room you know so i would i would really mm -hmm. do that and there's some practical skills you can download on our website at the america unchained project um, so we will we will have all that ready for you guys. But that would be my last thing is is be careful. You're not there to um, beg for them to your. OK, so one caveat, you're not begging for their approval. Don't misunderstand when I say humility. But we don't know what we oh, don't yeah. know. And it's just, and as parents, as we learn, we can adjust the rules whenever we want. And they don't need to give us mm -hmm. their permission. But it's OK to admit we didn't know. And we've been a little too loose in these rules yeah. and we have let you guys do stuff. We shouldn't. Right. And, and you, and, and it's going to change. Have fun. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride, everybody. <laughs> hey, I it's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, going to be okay. And I say, listen, I tell my friend, I, I, okay, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I know a lot of listeners to my podcast included or not, but this is what I say to my kids yeah. as a Christian. I say, I will die someday and I will stand before my father, God, and he will judge me on the decisions I made as a parent. Right. And if I know information and I know what I should do and I don't do it, that's on me. So you are uh -huh. upset at my decision and I uh -huh. understand, but I'm the one judged for it, not you. And I will be able to at least say I did what I was supposed to do. And I, yeah. I, fear that I fear God enough in my life to, for that to be a big deal. Now, everyone else, I hear you. If you're like, well, I'm not a Christian, that's okay. Just you love your kid enough to make these rules because it's going to protect their mind. It's going to protect their self-worth. Yeah. It's going to protect everything that you hold dear about your yeah. child. Because we're losing our children right in front of our eyes. We're losing them in front of our yeah. eyes. I keep thinking, I'm so glad I did not have internet when my kids were growing up. 
Absolutely. I, I was a latchkey kid. <laughs> the best thing that ever happened to me was that it wasn't invented then. <laughs> I mean, I, sister, I'd have been the, <laughs> I'd have been the YouTube. I'd have been the Instagram. I'd have been, I would have been in a, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I would have been struggling with depression, anxiety. I would have been the full stereotype because yeah. there was no one home to stop me. I know. I know. I, I think of all the time my mother, I mean, I was raised by a single mother and we came home. There wasn't an, an adult in the house. Nope. I mean, we got in trouble with the neighbors and stuff. So, <laughs> but in we real time, we had internet. I know. I mean, but you got in real trouble in real time with real, you know, with real consequences, not this yeah. like phantom world that your yeah. brain can't wrap itself around. I'm like, well, I mean, good for us for having nosy neighbors and people. Who, I mean, we didn't like getting in trouble, but you know, there's something to be said for getting in trouble. You learn your lesson. My mom would call call the house halfway through a shift to see what we were up to. You know, if we didn't answer the phone, <laughs> we were in big uh, trouble. <laughs> she's smart. She's like, I will spend that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it cost a dime too. <laughs> oh she yes, had to it did. The payphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that we got the talk, and um, I will put all the information in the show notes. So, I, I'm so glad that you're doing this and that you're out there educating parents as much as you can and whoever else will listen to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a truly important mission. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me. And, and again, included in those will be a direct email to me. If anybody has questions or, or is interested in learning more, um, some people will be professionals and they, and we do offer live training as well as online. So we, I welcome it with open arms because we mm -hmm. all have the same goal and that is to protect the children we love and the children in our lives. So thank you for having me.